Core, the Bible podcast number 42, The Formula for Eradicating Evil in the World. Welcome to the Core of the Bible podcast. My name is Steve, and I'll be your host as we explore the message of the Bible reduced to its simplest form. As you may know, it's my belief the core of the Bible consists of the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount, and these central teachings incorporate seven main principles of conduct based on the topics of kingdom, integrity, vigilance, holiness, trust, forgiveness, and compassion. And today, we're going to be exploring the topic of forgiveness and how forgiveness lies at the root of all reconciliation and overcoming dissension between individuals. We're going to see that through forgiveness and love, all evil can be overcome. Now, Yeshua states it this way. He says, you've heard that it was said eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. And that's from Matthew 5. This teaching of Yeshua is one of the most widely known yet least practiced of all of his precepts, and this is because it is non-intuitive and, frankly, difficult. (laughs) It involves two aspects, both an inward motivation and an outward practicality. Now, we know that the Bible teaches us that our inward motivations spur our outward actions. In Luke 6, 45, Yeshua says, A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Well, since Yeshua teaches us that inward understanding and wisdom drives outward actions and behavior, let's begin our review of this passage by looking at his admonition to what our inward motivation should be in loving others. So in Matthew 5, he says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. For us to practice loving our enemies through our outward actions, we must first actually love them. (laughs) I mean, even writing or saying a statement like this runs counter to every basic instinct and inclination that we've been exposed to in our culture. We've been brought up to be wary of others and to avoid the risk of being taken advantage of. We gauge every interaction with an eye toward what angle is being played or what harm we could possibly receive by misjudging someone else's intent. And to this, Yeshua simply says to love them. Well, it's easy to say and not so easy to do. How do you love someone whom you know has harmed you in some way and is not deserving of your love? Forgive them so your love can be real. Well, what about someone who's trying to take advantage of you? Here's one way. Give them the advantage. Is there a chance that your forgiveness will be disregarded? Well, yes but maintain that forgiveness anyway. Is there a chance you'll be taken advantage of? Well, yes, but continue to give advantage anyway. These possibilities and, quite frankly, likely outcomes do not change Yeshua's direction to love others through forgiving them and giving them advantage. Peter also struggled with this concept in a discussion with Yeshua about forgiveness of others. And this is in Matthew 18. It says, Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Yeshua replied, but seventy times seven. 
Yeshua then goes on to tell the parable of the unmerciful servant who would not forgive a small debt from someone else after he had just been forgiven of a huge personal debt from his own master. Yeshua said he would be punished for not passing on the forgiveness he received to others. And he concludes with, So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. And that's Matthew 18.35. So love and forgiveness need to come from the heart. There are two qualities that are tied at the hip. If we're unable to forgive, we're unable to love. And if we're unable to love, we're unable to forgive. And if we're unable to forgive and love, then we're also unable to pray for them. Yet Yeshua instructs us not only to love our enemies, but to pray for them. He demonstrated this himself, even as the Roman soldiers were in the process of nailing him to the cross and executing him as a criminal among other criminals of the state. In Luke 22, excuse me, Luke 23, it says, When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on the left. And then Yeshua said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. Unfortunately, in our human quest for justice and fairness, we stumble over what we personally think is fair and right based on our limited perspective. You see, Yeshua could only extend forgiveness to his enemies and pray for them because he never lost his perspective. What they did out of deliberate anger, he knew was done out of ignorance. They meant to wound him, but he knew it was to heal them. They meant to humiliate him, and he knew it was so they could be lifted up into God's presence. They meant to kill him, and he knew it was to save them. Yeshua never lost the perspective that people are made in God's image and that all are deserving of the benefit of the doubt when a situation may look otherwise. He could love them and pray for them because he knew who they really were, even if they didn't. If we could allow God to change our perspective to see that all others are made in God's image and are merely souls who have possibly not yet met the God of the universe, we might have a completely different approach in our dealings with them. This type of perspective can provide us the inward motivation of love and forgiveness necessary to accomplish the outward actions, which will likely seem just as contradictory when we do them. Okay, so now that we have looked at our inward motivation of love and forgiveness, let's go back to the beginning of this teaching of Yeshua to see how it should be worked out in our lives through our actions. In Matthew 5, 38-42, he says, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. In the life of the first century Judeans, it was not unusual to be forced by the Roman military to carry supplies for them. In this example, Yeshua presents the measure of goodness he expected them to respond with needed to go above and beyond the unreasonable demand. But something that has occurred to me in reviewing this passage recently is that this nature of giving is based on a multiplier. What Yeshua is implying through these examples is that our outward response should somehow be more 
than what an equal and reflexive response might be. We should not only be non-resistant toward personal infractions, we should be doubly giving in nature toward others. For example, if someone is suing us for our shirt, Yeshua says, we should double our goodness toward them by not only letting them have the shirt, but our coat as well. And if we were forced one mile of carrying supplies, then we should continue to do so by doubling the one mile into two. This is a very practical, albeit difficult, principle that we can apply in situations that confront us every day. It involves us learning and training ourselves to respond in ways that honors God by doubling our goodness and generosity, not to merely respond in a reflexive way. By expending twice the effort in a positive manner than they demanded of us from a negative motivation, we would in essence be overcoming their evil intent with a double measure of good. It's simple math. A negative number plus a positive number of equal value only amounts to zero. It takes a positive number of higher value to end with a positive result. Additionally, as we looked at previously, if we are inwardly motivated for their good by loving them and praying for them and their needs, we are removed from our reflexive emotional response of like for like. We are now placing ourselves in a frame of mind, that godly perspective I mentioned earlier, which becomes concerned for their welfare. And when we're in this mindset, we can truly learn of their needs and then act doubly with genuine intention. To show how this was an expected trait of the early believers and not just some lofty, speculative ideal, the Apostle Paul instructs the Roman congregation with a similar admonition. In Romans 12, he writes this. He says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. Paul quotes this Torah teaching instructing on vengeance by highlighting that only God can effectively mete out justice because only He knows the end from the beginning. Only He knows every possibility that could apply in a situation. Therefore, He is the only perfect judge to mete out any type of vengeance. We are incapable of true vengeance because we have limited knowledge and understanding. We have emotions that get in the way of the wisdom and understanding we do have. Therefore, the best course of action for us is simply to love and let God do the rest. Paul continues quoting Torah to conclude his line of thinking, and he says, But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. So we see that our clear directive here is to overcome evil by doing good to others. Paul's encouragement is that not only will we not be conquered, but we will ultimately successfully overcome evil by doing good. Yeshua encourages us to double our godly response toward evil intent through love and forgiveness. And forgiveness is that necessary bridge to positive, loving responses. When we intentionally overlook a personal injustice by forgiving them, we are freed to be obedient to God's command to double our loving actions. If we do not exercise forgiveness, we may attempt to be obedient, but our actions can become only hollow shadows with no real substance. The motivation Yeshua provides us for practicing this kind of forgiveness and love is because when we do so, 
we are mimicking Him, and we are mimicking our Heavenly Father. If Yeshua loved and prayed for His enemies, so should we. If God blesses the wicked with life and rain and abundance, not because they're deserving, but because He wishes for their repentance, then we should also produce actions that bless those who may be adversarial to us. Paul used this type of thinking in his outreach to the Greeks who did not know God, and he calls God's blessing of them through rain and abundance his testimony of goodness. When interacting with crowds in Iconium and Athens, he speaks about the nature of the true God, and he relates how God blessed them. In Acts 14, he says, Yet he has not left himself without testimony to his goodness. He gives you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling your hearts with food and gladness. Paul was speaking this to a crowd that did not know God. In Acts 17, he says, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. He determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God intended that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. We see through these passages that God's goal is that through his goodness to all in natural abundance, it should lead people to seek his spiritual goodness. And in the same way, our intentional actions based on forgiveness and love then become our personal testimony of goodness. As a result, God is honored, people can be reconciled to him, and all evil intentions can be overcome with love. In summary, then, the typical human response in relationships is to respond in kind to how we are treated by others. That's eye for eye and tooth for tooth. A nobler aspiration would be to treat all people with an equal measure of kindness. However, Yeshua calls us to the highest level of interaction, not just to be kind to all, but to expend twice the effort and concern over those who are least deserving of it. This is true love and the formula for eradicating evil in the world. If we're to represent God as his children, we should be doing what he does by blessing the undeserving as well as the deserving. If we claim to be followers of Yeshua, we should do what he does by loving and praying for our enemies. And by doubling our loving response to all negative interactions, we boldly exhibit Yeshua's teaching to a world who needs to know him, where they can then be brought back into a relationship with the loving God of the universe. This is how forgiveness and love can overcome all wickedness, and it's the only sure way that God's kingdom will be manifested in this world. Well, once again, I hope I've been able to provide you some ideas and concepts to meditate on further. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, be sure to visit coreofthebible.org to join the conversation through comments or reading daily blog posts on these topics. The Core of the Bible is all about the message of the Bible reduced to its simplest form, that is, the principles of the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount. Do you have questions about today's topic, or comments, or insights you'd like to share? Perhaps you found this podcast helpful or encouraging. If so, I would love to hear from you and include listener comments in future episodes, so feel free to email me at coreofthebible at gmail.com. Thanks for your interest in listening today. As always, I hope to be invited back into your headphones in another episode to come. Take care.